Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. Hi, everyone. So glad you could join us for another episode of Adweek's Most Powerful Woman in Sports. I'm Lisa Granitstein. And it's here where the world's greatest marketers, media pros, athletes, and coaches share their remarkable career journeys and how they achieve peak performance. Today, we'll be speaking with Julie Ehrman, co-founder and president of Angel City, an LA-based National Women's Soccer League franchise rolling out this spring. With star power investors that include Natalie Portman, Eva Longoria, Serena Williams, Billie Jean King, Mia Hamm, and Abby Wambach, to name just a few, we'll learn more about this team's ambitious global brand strategy. Think FC Barcelona with equality as its core mission. A serial tech and gaming entrepreneur, Julie was founder and CEO of Ouya, an innovative Android-based gaming console. She's also a big sports fan, follows USC Trojans basketball, and of course, professional women's soccer. And now, let's dive in. Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Excited. It's a special, it's a special day, isn't it? It Besides is. Besides being here. Tell us why. It, it is. Today is the one-year anniversary of Angel City. A year ago today, we announced our intent to bring a women's professional soccer team to LA. We announced our first impact partnership with the LA 84 Foundation and the Play Equity Fund. Uh, And this whole journey began. That's amazing. So before we get into your journey, I want to get a little bit of um, an understanding about what your role as Angel City President is exactly. What do you do? do? Ah, what do I do? Um, Well... I have hired the most incredible team. So fortunately, they do everything. Um, but right now it's about, you know, building building this brand, building this um, culture, building our community. I mean, when we sought to create Angel City Football Club, we knew it was going to be different from the beginning. Um, even in our first investor deck, we said that we were bigger than the game. Uh, this was Natalie Portman's idea, the actress and activist, um, through her involvement with Time's Up and her relationship with Karen Nortman. 
um, they spent a lot of time with the U.S. Women's National Team to drive for pay equity. So we knew that when building this club, we would want to build an organization where impact and capital could coexist. And yeah. so as the president of this team, it's about how do we think about doing both at the same time and driving for a different result that is more commonly seen in sports, which are teams that don't make money. We want yeah. to do good and make money um, and have a positive impact on our community okay. at the same time. And you have a teammate in the background. I'm going to yell. I'm going to go on mute for a second and yell. <laughs> yes. So while, while Julie yells, well, you go ahead, calm, calm the pop down. Okay, good. So talk to me a little bit about where did you grow up and how did you get where you are today? Who influenced you to get into business? Yeah, so I'm a born and raised Los Angelian. Um, I actually live about a half a mile from where I grew up and my kids and I walk my coworker that you just heard to my mom's house fairly often. Um, my stepfather was an entrepreneur. He actually worked at IBM and Xerox and then left to become a consultant to them. And he talked to us very early about uh, the fact that we, you know, you should want to work for yourself. Um, and if you have to work for a company, you want to be on the revenue side of the equation, right? You want to provide, you know, you know, a positive impact to that, to that organization, but, you know, you're more protected on the revenue side than you are on the expense side. And I watched what it was like him building a company, building a team, um, and being a leader in that way. And so, uh, it was just really clear that I was going to become an entrepreneur, even in college. You know, I bought the, with my, my twin sister and I bought, we went to Washington University. Uh, we bought Washi Wash, which is the on-campus laundry and dry cleaning service and ran it for three years. We launched a storage company. Um, and so it was just always ingrained in us that we should be our own bosses. And what were some of the lessons as you, you went, you've moved well beyond Washi Wash. Of course, you got into gaming and, and the tech business. What would you say were some of the lessons you learned early on? In, in starting those businesses that you could share? Sure. I mean, the people you surround yourself is so important, right? There's, a, there's that old adage that hire, you know, hire people that are smarter than you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's true to an extent. The problem with that, that statement is that it forces you to trust an expert more than to trust your gut. And one of the things I learned very early uh, if you're going to make a mistake, I'd much rather blame myself than an expert who made a mistake, right? Because I have no control then. And I can't really be upset because they're the expert. And so um, I learned very early about, yes, surrounding yourself with experts, but you have to learn enough so that you have that gut feelings so that you can make the calls when they're, they're tight. Because again, I'd rather be wrong and blame myself versus, you know, having a hard time blaming someone else for doing their job. Um, I've also tried to assemble just this incredible network of advisors where I can call anybody for any reason and ask questions that may be related to brand or marketing or finance or community development or can help me get some, you know, get to one other person. Uh, you know, the flip side of that is anyone can call me and email me and, you know, I'll provide as much, you know, wisdom, which is a joke, but as whatever I can share, I will share. Um, yeah. but those two things helped a lot. I mean, and I, I'd sort of say the third part of that is it's taken me a long time to learn this because if you, if you see my, my, my resume, if you go to LinkedIn, you'll see that I've had a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, and in hindsight, what I've learned and what I'm starting to teach my kids is that your career is really long. <laughs> it's really long. Yeah. You can, you can 
reinvent yourself. You can learn about a new industry and find your way into it. And so um, both don't be in such a rush to get through it, but also know that it's okay to like pay your dues and take the time to get into the industry and the job that you want because, because it is so long. Um, and that's something that I, would, I think would have, I would have appreciated someone telling me when I was uh, yeah. young and starting out. How, how did you stay resilient? Because you obviously got a lot of no's along the way. You, you did try a lot of different areas and gaming and launches. How do, you, how do you build the muscle for that? Or do you ever? Yeah, no. Uh, well, I think it's twofold. Um, and one of it really comes from playing sports growing up. So, you know, yes, you're part of a team and yes, you're a leader, but you're always striving to get better to win, right? Mm -hmm. It's always possible to win, right? It's a new play. It's a new teammate. It's yourself getting stronger. Like you have the ability to, to win, right? Um, and I think I brought that into the workplace with me where I don't see no's, right? When, when someone says no to me, it's because no is significantly easier to say than yes. There's a lot more work involved to say yes than there is to say no. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's because they don't understand the opportunity or I didn't do a good enough job painting the opportunity or the vision. Um, and sometimes they just don't have the effort and energy to go through all the work that's involved to get to the yes. So no is a lot easier. Um, I am, not only do I want to win and have that like crazy drive that comes from sports, but uh, I'm incredibly optimistic. I'm, I'm not a realist. I'm not a realist yeah. optimist. I'm an optimist, right? So to me, it's not no, everything is possible. We just have to figure out how. So um, I always try to fit the question, which is, okay, if you don't want to invest in me, what is it? What is it about the business model that you don't like or the product you don't like or the team that you don't like or the market? Um, what is it that is preventing you from getting to a yes? And then I will work hard to either get you to a yes or at least to use that information to bring the next person in um, and get them um, to the yes first. Wow. So what sports did you play? <laughs> it's funny. I uh, So yesterday was my birthday and I was out Happy to dinner birthday. with my mom. Thank you. And yeah. my two kids. And my my daughter says to me, who's almost 13, she goes, you know, Mimi, in raising, you know, mommy, was there anything you would do differently? Right. And my mom immediately said, I would have let her play more sports. She goes, I just wanted to sit in a gymnasium and watch. So we weren't able to play bait. Like, she's like, you can play baseball and you can play soccer, but like, I'm not coming. Right. Um, she said maybe facetiously, but I think there was certainly a lot of truth in it. Yeah. Um, so as a way to answer that, I played basketball my entire life. Um, <laughs> at nine years old, I brought home a flyer to join the YMCA. My twin sister and I, we joined and played a couple of years with 80 boys and played basketball all the way through college. Wow. That's, that's impressive. Wow. <laughs> and so for, are you, are you fearless? Do you feel like all these experiences from both on the, the, the sports side and, and, and playing with the guys well into, you know, when they're, they're big and strong, stronger in some cases than us to, to being an entrepreneur in gaming and tech, which is not easy either. Um, how fearless are you? Uh, I might be as fearless as they come. Right. <laughs> I, uh, prior to, and, um, uh, Angel City, I was founder and CEO of a company called Ouya, which was an Android-based game console. Uh -huh. So I went to Silicon Valley and up and down Sand Hill Road pitching 
venture capitalists the idea that I am I am going to build a new gaming console for the living room based on the Android operating system in direct competition with Microsoft, Sony, Uh-oh. Nintendo, and then <laughs> the eventual and during our journey, Apple and Amazon who started bringing you know video games into the living room as they added yeah. them to their storefronts. Um, so to me, you know, I don't know if it's as much about intentionally being fearless as it is about seeing an opportunity, getting really passionate and excited about it and finding a way to bring it to life. Once, you know, I realized that, you know, there is a market for this and there's a consumer base who wants this, um, and it'll either enhance their lives or give them a sense of distraction or give, in, in Uyo's case, independent game developers access to the television, the most valuable screen in someone's life um, that they didn't have access to at the time. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps to connected TV and off-site media across web and social to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. Okay, so we're going to shift gears a little bit, and I want to talk to you about City Angels and how you got involved, and just to remind the audience to send over your Q&As um, in the Q&A box, and we'll we'll get to them. So talk to me a little bit how you got involved with City Angels, um, and, and by the way, it's a really impressive group of investors you've got there. I mean, did you get to hang out with them all? Uh, so Angel City. Um, yeah. And Angel City FC. Uh, so there are three founders to Angel City. It's Natalie Portman, the actress and activist, Care Nortman, who's a venture capitalist here in Los Angeles, and myself. Care Nortman and I actually played basketball against each other in high school. Um, but we've known each other probably for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, just being in tech and venture in LA. As women, it's a fairly small community. Uh, a couple years ago, a mutual friend of ours, Robin Ward, created this wild feminist two tech basketball league. And so over the summer, we'd get together and play three on three. And it was just a way for women in LA to connect and have a common interest in tech and venture. Um, and in the summer of 2019, I went to one of the events and Kara had just come back from the World Cup 
where she not only went to the games, but spent a lot of time with the players as she's developed relationships with them over time through her involvement in Time's Up. And she was just telling us about how incredible they were and um, about, about the NWSL. I'd never heard of the National Women's Soccer League. I didn't know there was professional soccer league. I like to think it's because there wasn't one in California. Um, that plus the, as we all know, the less than 4% of all media coverage on women's sports. Um, it wasn't you know, in my face all the time. And then Kara pulled me inside and said, Natalie and I are thinking about bringing a professional women's soccer team to LA. You're an entrepreneur and a brand builder and a community builder. You love sports. Uh, we have day jobs. If you have any bandwidth, we would you like to work on this with us? No promises or commitments, but just let's like see how we would go about doing this because between the three of us, you know, not one of us had worked at a sports team, run a sports team, owned a sports team, right? I didn't even know that the NWSL existed. And wow. I, of course, jumped at the experience. That or that was a Monday. That following Sunday, Natalie, Kara, and I went to an LAFC match, which we call El Trafico, which is LAFC yeah. against LA Galaxy. And uh -huh. we just you know, saw the energy and the excitement for football in America, the supporter section, the 3252 for the LAFC. And in the middle of the supporter section, there was a, a woman, you know, raising a flag that said, bring NWSL to LA. And for me, it was one of those um, field of dream moments, right? If you build it, they will come. But in this case, like they're, they're here. So just build it. Wow. Uh, and we were just inspired to find a way to make it happen. And so how is building a soccer team different than building another kind of business? Like what were some of the crazy things that you had to, to learn fast? Sure. I mean, the simple answer to that is I had to learn the business of a sports team. What are the ins and outs, right? I had to learn that, you know, the revenue items are sponsorship and ticketing, merchandise, concessions, parking, maybe there's subscription and, and memberships alongside of that. The expenses are, you know, the front office, which is what I'm very comfortable with, right? Marketing and sales yeah. and business development and product and content. But there's also soccer operations, which is the coaching staff and everything around it. And then there's game day operations and then there's in-game production, right? So I had to learn the business of it. But for Angel City, it was different. Um, we didn't think about ourselves as building a soccer club. Angel City, yes, is a Angel City for us is a platform that stands for quality and impact. We... Um, aspire to build a global brand so that we can entertain the world, right? Starting with soccer, mm -hmm. but do it through a, a purpose lens of setting higher expectations. And so for us, we knew we were building an organization where mission and capital could coexist. And to live this purpose, it was to make decisions with purpose and passion to lead to profitability. So we wanted to build something where not only were we winning on the pitch and, and supporting these incredible athletes and building women's soccer, but we also wanted to create a, an organization that was having a positive impact in our community, having a positive impact for young girls, young athletes, and really growing the global world of women's sports, and in our case, yeah. more specifically, women's soccer. Um, so the mission for us was much bigger than just put 11 players on the field and get W's. That's a part That's, of what we're trying to do, but it's not yeah. exclusively what we're trying to do. Okay, so I do have a question for you from Taylor N. As someone who grew up watching WUSA and the Washington Freedom and with Mia Hamm, 
it was really heartbreaking. Oh, <laughs> oh, it was, sorry. I thought we were going towards uh, the Olympics. We'll, we'll get to that a little later. It was really <laughs> heartbreaking to watch the league go d- defunct. Do you feel like the NWSL has a better chance of success? And additionally, considering the high profile investors, supporter network for Angel City, do you think this club will have the halo effect on others as well? Yeah. So the short answer, because like you can tell I'm not short with any of my answers, uh, yes and yes, but yeah. now we'll get a little long-winded. So first off, yes, I think the NWSL has staying power. Um, we will, in 2022, when Angel City takes the pitch for the first time, it'll be the 10th year of the National Women's Soccer League. This is now over three times longer than the two previous leagues. Um, so at least from that perspective alone, I feel it has staying power. Um, we now have 12 teams with strong ownership groups, with a commitment to invest in the teams and in the leagues. We we are led by a strong commissioner who is working to monetize this league and has already brought in additional sponsors into the league, which give it stability for multiple years. Um, In addition, we've signed multi-year broadcast deals with CBS and Twitch so that you can see the games. And the result of that are incredible ratings. The Challenge Cup and the Small Series Final netted north of half a million viewers, which is not even on par. It is more than WNBA games, MLS games. Even during the fall series, it was higher than MLB games, which just shows if you put our games on air, people are going to watch it. So I do believe um, the National Women's Soccer Team has staying power. Um, You know, the final data point I will give you is, you know, we have a list of, you know, ownership groups and cities that want to bring an NWSL club to their market. So there is interest in continuing to grow this league and to invest in this league. Um, As it relates to the ownership group, you know, we have over 60 investors to date, 75% or more are women, um, and they span multiple industries such as entertainment and finance, media, um, real estate, uh, and sports. And it was done in, you know, it wasn't done intentionally at the beginning, but it became intentional because as we wanted to build something bigger than the game, as we wanted to build a platform and a global brand where we can strive to strive for quality and impact, we knew that we needed to amplify what it is we were doing. So in partnering with these celebrities and these athletes who believe in what we believe in and believe in our purpose of setting higher expectations, we have the ability to leverage their audience and their platforms to get our message out there, which is Absolutely. what's really going to make the difference. And our ownership group is absolutely incredible with how they lean in and how they support Angel City and this team. Yeah. Okay. So it looks like we're almost out of time. I'm I'm going to oh I'm going to send you an email to, from Jimma Koida and maybe we'll we'll get it her email to send it back because it's quite a long one about your background. But um, before we go, I want to talk to you a little bit about the USA's loss to Sweden. That was a heart. That was a heartbreaker. What do you think? What went? What went wrong? What are the predictions? Oh well, I'm certainly not a soccer pundit. I, you know, I will say it was the first time I saw them lose. Um, so it was definitely watching. Yeah. You know, was watching the game from a different perspective. Angela Hughley's Manjano is an investor in Angel City and also is now a team member. She's our VP of Player Development and Operations. And I was talking to her about just what a brutal loss that was. And just, you know, it's, it's painful. Like you just have this like incredible emotion reaction to it because 
these women are, are exceptional. They are truly the best in the world. And, you know, they're now the Goliath, right? Versus the David. So it's just yeah. a very different way to approach, you know, viewing a sporting event. And Angela reminded me that in the 2008 Olympics that she participated in, they will, they lost their first game, but then won the whole Olympics. So I don't see any different course for this uh, team here yeah. about winning the whole thing. Um, look, they're exceptional players. They have an incredible coach. And I think this Saturday's game is going to be really different. Yep. Yep. I bet, I bet they will too. I, well, let's hope they do. Listen, thank you. Before you go, uh, let's go to your takeaways, which are excellent and, and uh, <laughs> hope everyone pays attention. So key takeaways. One, never accept no, ask how. Two, surround yourself with people who challenge you to be better, go further, and support you in your efforts. And three, take time for yourself to recharge, learn, and have fun. And on that note, I'm going to say thank you so much. These are wonderful, such great advice. Best of luck with Angel City. Sorry, I said it wrong before. And uh, we hope to have you back when, uh, when it's game day next year. Love to. Lisa, All thank right. you so much for having me. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Adweek's Most Powerful Woman in Sports, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens, and edited by Lane McGibney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media? Meaningful Connections.